Welcome to the JDLSAT and Admissions Podcast. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. In each episode, we discuss key habits you can master to study smarter and save time to raise your LSAT score and your chance of law school admissions. So in this episode, we're going to tackle avoiding behavior or um, on a related note, uh, the elements of procrastination. Let's let's jump in. So if you are familiar with the phrase avoiding behavior, um, cool. If not, we'll, I'll give you my layperson's practical version I think, you know, I don't know if it's entirely the same, but I mean, it is, it is a way of procrastinating. Um, we find this a lot when we're preparing for the LSAT or submitting applications. And I, I think it's worth addressing because I don't, <clears throat> I don't want it to prevent you from reaching your goals. Um, and look, this is not something that just applies to the LSAT or law school admissions. We see it all in our own lives. Here I am sharing this with you. Uh, I'm I'm not in the process. I'm as you are, right? I'm not applying to law school. I'm not taking the LSAT. I've done that, and that's why I'm doing uh, my job and in, in helping guide you. But I'm not immune to it by any stretch of the imagination. I see it in all areas of my life, um, and and I, I like the rest of us, right? And so anyone out there listening, certainly you uh, might encounter it. More than likely you're encountering it as you're prepping for the LSAT or admissions, but you've got experience with it in other areas of life as well. Exercise, diet, things you're supposed to do uh, socially, family, um, your career. It just, it, it is what it is, you know, uh, this resistance that we get. And you know, the reason I bring this up is it's nothing to feel bad about. I want to say that from the very beginning, what I'd like us to do is have a realistic sense of these things. When we notice this kind of behavior, identify it. And then as a result, if if I can identify it, then it's a little obvious I need to identify it before I can deal with it. But sometimes that goes a long way, just realizing that. Um, But here, let's define it a little bit more. Um, Sometimes... I think especially with the LSAT, it can manifest in a number of ways. But here, let's back up for a second. Defining it, right? Avoiding behavior. Well, it's the name, right? I'm I'm supposed to do a task. I'm supposed to do something, maybe take a practice test, study. And somehow that's not happening. Somehow I'm finding excuses. It certainly goes, you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with procrastination if it's not exactly the same thing. Um, but yeah, you've probably noticed this plenty of times. I'm supposed to take a PT. I was going to take my practice test at noon. It's 2 PM now. I'm going to take it. It's just that this happened and that happened. And some excuses are valid, but a lot of the times they're just empty excuses. And so it happened to the best of us. It happened to me when I was studying for the exam. Let's, let's talk about it and, and bring to the surface and, address it so it doesn't hold you back. So 
I think a common thing when you're studying for the LSAT or um, applying to law school, this perfectionist um, mindset comes in. And I, 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 one thing I often say to my students, and I want you to really keep it in mind, is do not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Really important. I always say this, if you are applying to law school and you're taking the LSAT, you tend to be a driven person, which is a wonderful thing. But one thing that so many of us are susceptible to is if I don't do it 100%, I shouldn't do it. If I don't do it right, I shouldn't do it. Well, look, it's nice to do things right and there are better ways to do things. And I'll always um, share with you in this podcast and when I work with students one-on-one, um, optimal ways of doing things and best practices, but better to attempt something even if it's not perfect than not attempt it at all. So don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's a big part of this. Let's think about a few areas. Um, A big one, practice tests. So I often see students um, make excuses not to take them. And or the, the develop, you know, have some sort of avoidant behavior. And it's quite common. Um, I see it over and over again. And I, I think, you know, this is a good way of unearthing the, the, the root behind this avoidant behavior is fear. We're afraid of that number we're going to see. Well, anyone who's worked with me knows that, you know, I'm a big believer in a growth mindset. And if you haven't already, check out an episode I did on that ways back if you look through it by topics. But the reason this is so important is I think a lot of people are afraid of, hey, if I take this PT, here's my goal score. But if I take it and it's so far below, it's going to really hurt me and upset me. And then it'll just discourage me from doing anything. And, you know, my response is often, hey, um, yeah, you're not at your goal score yet. So, of course, this score is going to be lower. I'll even say to people, if Sometimes just take a baby step and just take it. Maybe don't grade it, but take it to get conditioned and eventually you can look at it. There's a number of tactics you can employ to get you to do what you need to do. And we'll we'll talk about this in a broader sense. Um, But bottom line, a common area of avoidance I see for LSAT students is not taking their PTs. Um, And, and, you know, the concerns are valid, uh, but valid doesn't mean that they're uh, the way to go. When I say they're valid, it doesn't mean that you're right to do this or I think it's the best way to go. Far from it. I mean, I can understand how you feel. But don't let your valid emotions, your valid fears prevent you from acting. So let's just dive into this a little bit more. Um, PTs, common thing. And here, let's 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 give you another scenario. And part of what I want to do is just bring up these typical scenarios. You could think about them on your own. I bet some of this is resonating with you out there where you're like, yeah, I've avoided doing PTs or I've avoided doing this or that. Um, Yeah. Right. And so I'm going to give you some common ones, but if, even if they don't apply to you, think of the ones that do. And so People will avoid PTs. And an excuse sometimes people will give is, well, I'm taking this online course. Great. Great. I'm taking an online LSAT course. Cool. And I need to get through all the curriculum before I start taking PTs. Okay. That's a common one. And I want to address that one. Um, So 
there are some really great courses out there with great curriculum. I will say I do <clears throat> I do think that you know certainly yeah, I, you know anytime you're learning something LSAT in particular um, there's this idea oh, I'm going to take a PTC I, I addressed this in my last podcast on um, on uh, on you know whether you can get to your target score um, from an initial diagnostic as they put it if you haven't had a chance to take listen to it so. It's, it's uh, episode 61, but a common thing is, oh, they'll just, someone will take a PT having never seen the test um, or having vague familiarity and get a score that they hate, understandably, right? I'm not familiar with it. And then realize, oh, I've got all this work. And I don't think they're being fair to themselves because of course your score is not great. You've never taken this test before. You're not familiar with the concepts. You don't really get the training. So on the one hand, cool, I want you to study a little bit more. On the other, before you like really invest in, you know, um, looking at these numbers and these PTs, on the other hand, don't use that as an excuse. Once you've been studying for a bit, you do, there is a purpose. And if you go back to podcast episode 61, you'll see what I mean. There is a purpose to the, these diagnostic tests or these PTs, even early on, because it allows you to target your work. And also allows you to get conditioned. So on the one hand, okay, cool. I'm going to um, maybe not get crazy about to, taking a PT early on or so much early on because I want to study up a little bit and get a foundation. Okay, okay. But <laughs> there'll be plenty of excuses you're making for, oh, I haven't gotten through the curriculum yet or haven't done this yet. Um, some of these courses, even great, great courses, have lots of curricula out there. And they've got tons and tons of videos for you to, to watch. And whether you're doing it in an you know, efficient, effective way where you're just prioritizing the, the, the fundamentals, cool. Or if you're like, I got to go through every video, you don't want to hold off on taking PTs um, until you've done everything right. Because it's one of those things where on the one hand, I'm the person that says, hey, you know, careful about reading too much into those initial diagnostics. But you kind of need to take PTs and get comfortable with the material and used to it um, in order to focus and target your work. The old idea of, right, how do I know what I don't know? Right, if I take a PT, you know, or I take a, a certain number of them and I look at the results and I get a sense of the areas I need to focus on, then I get a better sense of it. Even if I have been studying, maybe I've been studying a certain question type. Okay, cool, right? But am I used to taking it in a PT under those conditions when I'm, you know, when stamina is important because I've already done two sections and I'm feeling fatigue and I know this in theory, but can I do it in action? So there's a real purpose to this, right? But if you keep saying, well, you know, I need to, I need to get through all the curriculum first. I mean, there's always going to be a video you could watch. There's always a lesson you can do. Now, again, I'm talking about this in, in a specific example of avoiding taking practice tests because I haven't gone through the entire curriculum. But remember, broadly speaking, we can apply this to anything. Maybe I'm not studying something because I'm like, well, I need to get... Uh, I'm, I'm studying this part of uh, a lesson, but I need to, I, I don't have it hundred percent perfect. I've only got like, if on a scale of one to 10, I've got it at a seven and 
I don't want to progress until I've really perfected it. So two things. One, again, this common theme, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Two, I have to say, especially with learning the LSAT material, these concepts are very abstract. And um, it's not as cut and dry as maybe uh, a more concrete course you might have taken where, okay, I mastered chapter one, now I go on to chapter two, and for each one I master something. It's it's hard to master some of these concepts at the outset. A lot of them, frankly, you kind of need to be okay with. Well, I, I gave it a reasonable effort, and I've gotten a lot out of it, but I kind of need to move on to the next lesson before I, um, you know, uh, before rather than stay here and just keep doing this over and over again. But what's the common thread? We're not moving forward and we're using um, not being perfect as an excuse. So again, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's a, one of the biggest themes I see, but in anything, right? And we could talk about admissions. Oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to submit until everything's perfect. Totally understandable, right? You don't want typos in your admissions. Um, you don't want to make a mistake, but there's a there's a there's a standard, and then there's an excuse, and especially when it comes to uh, applying for law school admissions, um, almost every school is rolling. There are some exceptions, and some schools uh, are you know impacted by rolling admissions more than others, but generally you are much better off getting those applications in sooner. Now, what does that mean? That means you got to get them prepared. And that also means that you don't have the luxury of, okay, I'm going to hold this off till it's perfect. So you've got to, on the one hand, I don't want you submitting something that you're not comfortable with. On the other hand, make it happen, you know, and, and I've talked about this in other podcasts and I, 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 this is not that I don't empathize. I totally do, especially if you're studying for the LSAT while prepping what I'll say to people sometimes is, hey, if there's a day when you've, you know, you just can't look at another logic game, then maybe go look at the outline for your personal statement or something. But here's the bottom line. You cannot afford to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And um, I've said this in other podcast episodes, if we're going to talk about admissions and writing, you know, there's that old, uh, I, I Forgive me if I butcher the the quote. I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase, but something I, the idea where Hemingway would write, like, okay, the first draft is always crap. Again, I I don't have the quote perfectly at all. Again, this is a paraphrase, but the, the first draft is always crap. And it's kind of cool where you just kind of allow yourself to screw up. In fact, I was doing something recently where uh, I think uh, – you know, uh, working on a, um, this is going to sound silly, but, you know, I was taking a photography class. This is outside of the LSAT, but hey, um, you know, this applies to everything, but I want to give you this example. And, uh, you know, the, the teacher was like, hey, listen, just let your first photographs be crap. That way you're not clinging to the outcome. And that way you actually make it happen instead of procrastinating. And of course, right, like, the, the the opposite was true because I was able to let go and just be like, I'll let these be crap. I was able to find some really nice photographs because I wasn't clinging to things and um, being, you know, indulging in that avoidant behavior. So 
keep that in mind. I think that's a really important um, way of thinking, especially if you're taking the LSAT, applying for admissions. We want everything to be right. We want to do it well. We want the ideal. Totally. But the road to the ideal is, is made up of a lot of imperfections getting there. So again, do not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, and, you know, I think past this point of giving examples here, just I think a better way to do this is for you on your own to just get to know yourself. Think about it. When am I being avoidant? When am I not doing what I need to do? There's always a reason not to do something. Um, am I, and I, I, look, anyone who's listened to my previous podcast knows that I'm a big believer in sleep. I think it's so critical, but some days maybe didn't sleep as well. Do I not take a PT that day if I was scheduled to take one? I don't know. I, I, honestly, what I say to some people is, hey, take the PT anyway, just to see how you'd perform if you didn't get good sleep, even though I want you to get good sleep, because who knows what might happen the night before the test day. And when you journal your PT, when you write down your notes, just make a note, hey, I didn't get as much sleep here. Right. But there's always going to be things that are less optimal. And I'm all about you maximizing the optimal that you can. But don't let when things aren't optimal be an excuse for you not to do what you can do. Maybe if I'm supposed to run five miles today, maybe my hamstring's bugging me and I only run in a mile and a half. But you know, better that, that mile and a half, um, as long as I don't hurt myself uh, instead of the five, than doing nothing at all. And exercise is a great example. Um, you know, me as an example, I have some minor back issues. I've got an SI joint issue that always bugs me. If I'm going to go cycling or biking or do some cardio, I'm like, well, you know, it might cause my SI joint to act up. Should I really not do what I was planning to do because of that? Because it might cause it to act up? No, I'll go to the chiropractor if it acts up. I'll take some ibuprofen. Um, if it's bugging me that day, maybe I'll go to the chiropractor, take some ibuprofen first, and maybe I can't cycle for you know 15 miles, but maybe I can do five. So don't let that perfect be me the good. Let me bring it back to the LSAT, right? Like maybe, maybe, um, maybe all of a sudden, I don't know. I, I was about to take a PT, but life happened, and um, I the time I set aside instead of having you know X number of hours, three, four hours aside to do a whole PT. I don't know. I, maybe a real valid excuse happened and now I have half an hour less. Okay. Maybe do it without the experimental. Or maybe do a timed section and do the PT tomorrow. Or maybe foolproof some logic games you had trouble on. There's always something you can do. And it adds up. So those days where you can't get that full PT in or get the four hours of studying in, fine. Do what you can do. And that's going to add up because you don't want those days to be like, okay, well, I just sat in front of the TV or I did nothing. You're not going to feel good about it. Um, you're not going to make the progress you need. So something is better than nothing. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes you realize, okay, it's not so bad. Um, and let me go back to right, just another thing that might be helpful is being reasonable. Right? You saw what I was doing with that example with me and exercising if maybe my uh, SI joint's bugging me or something. Okay, right? Like on the one hand, right? I don't want that to be an excuse. On the other hand, I don't want to be unfair to myself. I mean, 
anyone who dealt with this sort of thing, it can be really painful. And what's the point? So right, reasonable, reasonable is a good standard. My SI joint bug is bugging me. I, I don't feel like exercising. Okay, what can I do? Can I go to the chiropractor? Right? Or can I can I take, like I was saying before, can I take some ibuprofen? Right? And so, okay, I do that. Now, now I can exercise. Okay, now I'm feeling better. Right? So I'm not ignoring the concern completely at all. I'm addressing it. Right? But just using using our concerns as an excuse is not going to get you anywhere. These things are totally valid. My SI joint's bugging me. I didn't sleep as well. This happened. Oh, man, this sucked up my time. I can't give it a full PT. What can you do? And I want you to keep that phrase in mind because a lot of times these avoidant behaviors are born out of, okay, something's not optimal. Something bad happened or I'm having this problem and I'm not saying that's not valid. Certainly the feelings behind it aren't valid. But if they're legit, and they, are, they can be, right? There's There's... There's always a reason not to do something and there's probably something to it. Then what can I do? What can I do? Again, I can't take a full PT today. Maybe can I, can I, can I get one in if I don't do the experimental? Can I uh, at least do a time section? Man, I've only got half an hour today. Hey, that's great. If you want to foolproof a game you had trouble with. And if you're listening, there's a, you know, there's a, episode on foolproofing you could check out earlier if you search by topic but there's always something you can do i want to encourage you to think about that and the last point i want to bring home is well two two points one just identifying that avoidant behavior can be helpful sometimes you're like you know it's like if i'm like oh geez you know i'm less inclined to go exercise because this joint's bugging me well is that mean i want to exercise or is that avoidant behavior just knowing that might be just that little bit of knowledge that can get me to, all right, I'll go take some ibuprofen and see how I feel a little bit. Just knowing it, just identifying it as potential avoidant behavior can be that little nudge that you need. And then, so, so again, right, identifying. And then the other, the last point I want to make, so there's going to be two points. Here's the second point is since you've identified it, maybe just kind of get in touch with why. What's going on there? Right. If I'm not taking a PT, sure, sure, sure. Right. Like, um, could be a bunch of reasons, but, and I'll and just be being aware of it can be helpful. But if I dig in a little bit and just let myself open up a little bit and just be honest with myself, what's going on here? Am I afraid to rip the bandaid off? Cause I'm going to see that number. I want a 170 and this is going to be a 153 and it's going to make me more discouraged. And then I'm going to procrastinate and I'm going to feel bad. Listen, you know, anyone who's out there is listening. My story, PTs in the 140s, eventually got a 99th percentile score. I teach us for a living, you know, and, and if we want to get more into it, uh, the stakes were high for me because my GPA is not what I wanted, you know, and and, and that's a big part of applying. I didn't, I, I thought my GPA would keep me down. I needed this LSAT score to maximize things. Got that score, got scholarships to top 14 law schools. I'm not saying it was easy. But it was doable. And if I let my fears of what that PT is going to look like, which is a snapshot in time, prevent me from taking PTs, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish this. So more important, think about yourself. This is a common one. I'm not taking this PT. Why not? Am I afraid of what that number is going to be at the end? Totally fair. By the way, I'll say this again. I'm more interested in digging deeper. 
where were the questions I was having problem with? Journaling your takeaways. That's just a common thing you can keep in mind. Uh, and in worst case scenario, don't grade it, right? But for any of these, whether it's avoiding a PT, whether it's avoiding studying for a certain amount of time, think about it for a little bit. What's at that root cause? Am I afraid that, okay, if I invest this hour and a half, you know, um, today, that maybe the reason I'm not doing it is because it's not going to pay off? I'm afraid it's going to pay off. I think it will pay off. I also think if you invest that hour and a half, you're going to feel better afterwards than that empty feeling after you're like, oh, you know, I was going to do three hours today. I decided to do nothing because I cut into my time and I thought, what's a good hour and a half? I'm just going to binge Netflix or whatever. You're not going to feel good after that. You're just not. There, anytime I've thought about procrastinating and then I force myself to do something, something, even if it's just 50% of it. And I knew, okay, would I have liked it to be 100%? Sure. I felt better afterwards than doing nothing. I just always did. And those 50%, those 75%, those 25%, they add up. They really do. Um, I'll also reference a really great book, and I'll probably put it in the show notes, um, Atomic Habits. And I did a, a podcast episode on it. It inspired one of my students who got a 180, MK, who I've done podcasts episodes with. Um, but, you, you know, the author discusses this very idea of, you know, people saying, okay, well, I can't get a great workout in today. Let me not do it. No, 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 no. Those days that, <laughs> those days that, man, the best I can do is a five out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10, you need to take them. They're worth it. They are so worth it. If, I mean, and I'll say this, if, if it was, if, if my success was built on anything in life, your success, anybody's success in life, I know for me, anything I've accomplished, if it was about being 100% every day, <laughs> uh, I mean, I might give 100% or try to give 100%, but certainly in terms of accomplishing it, or even some days where I just didn't feel like it, I want you to give everything, right? But if it was about the perfect, this perfect day of getting everything done the way I wanted and having the best outcomes, no, 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 no. It was about me doing the things I didn't want to do, but knew I needed to do them to get where I wanted to go. And there were some days I had this whole plan. It was, maybe it was going to be a 10 out of 10 and it just wasn't happening. And maybe it was a three out of 10, but if I was going to rate it, but it sure was better than me sitting at home, watching Netflix, making excuses. Those times add up and those you doing what you can do is going to lead you to performing better overall and getting to those 10 out of 10s. But remember that phrase I'm mentioning, well, two, right? Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And what can I do? What can I do in these circumstances? Do not let your circumstances be an excuse for you not doing something. And again, the last point, start, you know, identifying those patterns for yourself. When do I find myself not doing this, right? And try to think about what it is you're afraid of. If you can identify it, then you can realize, okay, maybe it's not such a big deal, right? Like this fear of mine, okay, geez, maybe it's not going to pay off. Fine. There's no guarantees. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to feel better <laughs> if I do nothing today. So get a sense of your patterns. We all encounter them when we're doing something we might care about, we're worried about the outcome. Get a sense of your patterns so you can identify them when they happen. 
and think about what it is you're afraid of. So that way you can deal with it. You can rationalize it and not let these avoidant behaviors prevent you from going after what you want. Thank you for listening. One tip to use your time with this podcast effectively. Take a look at the list of previous episodes. They're named by topic, so you can prioritize your listening based on specific areas where you need help the most. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe, share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's JDLSAT.com. That's JDLSAT.com.